Connecting Friends, and welcome back to Alignment with Rebecca, playing in the sandbox. I hope everybody is doing well today. I uh, rewatched the broadcast uh, yesterday. You might notice I have some makeup on. It's uh, so funny. I have no upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh because uh, I was remembering that old MASH episode, you know, with Frank Burns, uh, Larry, the actor, Larry, 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 I can't remember his last name, but they uh, had a nickname for him. Well, actually, uh, Frank Burns had a lot of nicknames in that show, but one was No Lip Burns. And I was looking at the video and going, my God, I have no upper lip. So... I put on some lipstick today just for the heck of it so that it doesn't disappear into my face. I really appreciated uh, the folks who viewed my very first uh, broadcast. And today we're going to revisit some of those ideas. Remember yesterday, we talked a little bit about how to handle somebody who might be overly emotional. And this topic is important because, of course, COVID again, and also all the political unrest in this country, the social unrest in this country, and all the issues that really ignite our emotional selves and places us into the realm of just reacting, just going off on somebody, you know, shut the hell up or whatever it is. So it's really important for us to take a little bit of time to think about how we are communicating. And most of us don't do that. For the most part, we're not even trained to communicate well. We learn how to communicate from our parents and from early influences. And these influences tend to go with us our entire life. I mean, it's not like we are taught in K through 12 how to communicate well. Um, there's not many programs that anymore offers anything in the realm of, of communication and also of ethics or philosophy and these things that make us stop for just a few minutes and think. So just to review the main points of yesterday, uh, because they're relevant to today, when you're dealing with somebody who is, you know, overly emotional or something like that, there's just a few rules that will really help you. The first one is to avoid simply reacting, allowing those emotions that you are experiencing to immediately put you into a space of reaction and then replying without thinking. And we can do that by taking a few moments and just taking a deep breath. Um, it doesn't take very long, and by taking a very deep breath, what we do is we calm our nervous system down, and we allow ourselves an opportunity to respond in more of a positive way. The next thing to do is when you're talking to somebody who is terribly emotional, they're upset, they're angry, they're crying, whatever it happens to be, ask clarifying questions. What is going on? Why are you feeling this way? Is there something I need to know? Asking clarifying questions and even repeating information back to that other information allows not only you to better understand what's going on, but it also forces the other person to really think about why they are in the space they're in at the moment. And that's important because if we just keep living in that over-emotional space, <laughs> what we end up doing is making a hell of a mess for ourselves and everybody else, you know. It's really hard when we're in that emotional space because we tend to continue to escalate the issue. We really do. It's, it's amazing. And the 
endorphins and the chemicals going on in our body, you know, it may not feel good, but it feels active. And because it feels active, we are more likely to stay in that place because we feel like we're doing something, right? I'll talk about that a little bit more later. So ask clarifying questions that will help calm the other person down and help you better listen to what the other person has to say. The next thing is, is you need to ask what the other person's needs are. Uh, when our needs are not being met, that's when we tend to get even more emotional. So we can say something very simple. What do you need from me right now, right? Do you need me just to sit and listen or are you looking for advice? And this question also gives us a trigger to remind us not to offer advising responses. We always want to do it, uh, especially in the United States, especially any country that is terribly individualistic in sensibility, because we want to help the other person. And we think we have the advice to do so. But sometimes people are not in the space to hear advice, especially unbidden advice. So just take a few minutes, you know, and, and, and just say, what do you need from me at this time? And then provide that for the other person. Next, you want to avoid competitive interruption. And this is very specifically, I think, for people who are, when you are working with somebody who is overly emotional. Uh, competitive interruption tells the other person, at least from a subconscious point of view, that I'm not really interested in what you have to say. And that's going to make the person even more upset. So by taking a few moments and just listening, really hearing what somebody's saying, rather than offering your advice right away or, or competitively interrupting right away is very helpful. And when we normally competitively interrupt, it's because we think we know better. And so we want to give um, the suggestion. It's kind of like advising, but what it really is is like, listen, I understand how you're feeling. This is what happened to me this one time. And when we do that kind of interruption and we redirect the conversation back to ourselves rather than focusing on the other person in need at the moment, we also create a crisis situation. Now, all of these things are important when we are communicating to ourselves. Um, and we are ourselves worst critic. Oh my God. So I, you know, rewatch the stream and I notice I have no lip. And then like I, I spent the whole entire day going, why don't I have a lip? And it's not like I don't know my upper lip is thin. I do know. Uh, every time I go on stage, I'm, I'm reminded by uh, either the director, especially when we're getting close to performance and we're on our makeup and everything, that, you know, I can't see your lip. I can't see your lip. But I, you know, I spend a lot of time like going, oh, my God, why do I have no lip? We are hard on ourselves all the time. We just are. And that's because we're wired for what's called the negative bias. Now, I'm going to cover the negative bias in depth in a different broadcast. But to be very quick, the negative bias is our tendency to respond to negative stimuli more than responding to positive stimuli. And part of this is that we are hardwired. Now, we talked last uh, time a little bit about the fight or flight response, and this is partly why the negative bias exists. We are always working to protect ourselves from perceived threats. It is part of our biological nature, which 
then ends up feeding our psychological nature and then ends up impacting everything from our relationships to how we communicate with each other and to how we communicate with ourselves. Sometimes it is more comfortable to stay in a negative space. And the reason it's more comfortable is that our mind is telling us to some degree that if we're positive about ourself and our life, then something's going to go wrong. Something really horrible is going to go wrong. And, and then we're going to feel even worse if we were giving ourselves a positive space and then we fell. This is a trap I fall into a great deal. It's something I've been working on myself. That's why I say we're playing in the sandbox. None of us is a perfect uh, version of self or a perfect version of the human. We all fail. And one of the things I particularly fail uh, a great deal is uh, negative self-talk because I get caught up in that negative bias. So what we need to do is practice. And I know this sounds crazy, but if we can practice being positive to ourselves and really giving more positive language, and I know I have a friend who's listening right now. Hey, Kat, she's always on me on my negative language, right? So if we work on being positive and constructing the words we use to speak to ourselves and to speak to others, and we eliminate things like absolutes, we then are in a better place, a better opportunity to be a happier human being. And we also, and this is amazing, we change the neuronic, the, the neuron, the neuron pass in our brain, in our system to start thinking in a different way. If you look at a lot of the studies on lying, for example, and this is sort of related, when we lie a lot in the beginning, we tend to feel bad about our lives. We go, oh, I lied. Oh, I feel so bad. I feel guilty. Even little white lies will kind of mess with our brain, you know. But the more we do those lies, the more we start to accept the lies. And we start to deny that we're lying. We start to actually convince ourselves that we're telling the truth. This is same and also related to this idea of changing how we think, how we change our neurons, the pathways in our body to better perceive the truth about ourselves. And this is really important when we're in a bad emotional space. So let's talk about that real quick. During COVID, it's really easy to fall in that bad emotional space. And many of us, instead of working on a better way to speak to ourselves about the situations that we are in, we tend to go to things that bring us comfort, food, alcohol, drugs, um, candy, sugar is a big one, whatever it is. And these gives us the illusion of, okay, I'm feeling better about myself. But they really are a short-term uh, solution. They're not a long-term and often not even sustainable solutions. The better idea is to make sure that we speak to ourselves in a positive way. Now, we can do that first by realizing that we tend to live in two spaces, one of comfort and one of discomfort. When we are in discomfort, we're looking at pain sadness, fear, and also uh, distress in general, anxiety, these things pop up. 
But when we're in a space of comfort, then we seek the pleasurable. We seek the happiness. We look for love and for relief. The way we can go into the comfort space is to talk about what our needs are. Because when we are in a place of discomfort, that's because one of our needs are not being met. And we have to be able to sit and figure out what need at that moment in time is not being met. And we can do this by asking ourselves a couple clarifying questions. So if something bad happened, for example, on uh, August 1st, I walked to the store early in the morning and I was followed by somebody very closely who I think was probably eyeing my purse. And I immediately got scared and I, I, I hightailed it to the store. I bought what I needed for breakfast and I took a different way home. And on my way home, there was this guy uh, in a black SUV who stopped to give me a ride. I said no. Then he went up the street, he made a U-turn, and he came back and parked right next to me, opened his door and said, come on in. And I was freaked out. So I gave an adamant no, and I hightailed it back through the park, which was my first direction, and took the long way home so that nobody would follow me. After that moment, I was just overwhelmed with fear. I had lots and lots of fear going on. And I I was angry at the world at that moment, I was. So I asked myself a few clarifying questions to take myself down from where I was. I asked myself first, what happened? Next, what was I feeling as a result of those actions? And then I looked, do I need to be receiving something in order to counteract the negative emotions I'm experiencing at this moment? And if so, what are those needs? What am I not receiving at that moment? And what am I specifically asking for? If I'm looking to my husband for a hug, is that all I'm looking for? Or am I looking for more empathy or sympathy? Or am I looking for him to give me a suggestion? So I needed to clarify for myself very specifically what I needed in that moment. So what we're doing here is we're taking responsibility for the feelings we actually have at that moment. And it's important to do so. This doesn't mean that you beat up on yourself. It doesn't mean that you get angry at yourself for not handling something better. Or why can't I just keep my shit together when an asshole is following me down the street? What it means is how am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And how best can I meet the needs I need in the moment? So when we identify our feelings, and there's two categories of feelings, and I'll cover this more specifically in a different broadcast, but we have uh, initial feelings and we have secondary feelings. So if I am feeling fear, does that also mean I am feeling shame? And I was on that day. I was feeling kind of some self-shame because I immediately thought to myself, was I wearing something that basically invited these two people to make my day a living hell. So that's shame. When you ask yourself those kind of questions, like you immediately think, oh, I am at fault, when obviously the situation is out of your hands, that's when you realize that my anxiety is actually coming from a place of shame. And then you question that. Is that a reasonable 
place to be in at this moment? Is it reasonable to shame yourself for what happened? And I had to come to the conclusion of no. I wasn't inappropriately dressed. And even if I were inappropriately dressed, that does not give somebody the permission to sexually harass you or to try to steal your purse or whatever it is. So identify those feelings and be very specific of why you're feeling what you're feeling. Next, you need to witness what's happening in your body. Are you shaking? Are you crying? Are you breathing from up here in the chest? Now, when we are triggered, we tend to breathe in a very shallow way. Our breath comes up here. It does not go down into our diaphragm area. And what happens is when we have that kind of shallow breathing, we immediately put ourselves into the fight or flight kind of situation. So you have to see what's happening with your body so that you can make the correct adjustments to help your body digest the information, digest the moment better. And breathing is a big one. You can also express your feelings in private to yourself. You may not be prepared to say exactly how you are feeling and why you are feeling in that moment. But be honest with yourself about what you're feeling and why. And when you are ready, then you can share your feelings, your emotionals with a supportive and good listener, somebody who is going to hold space for you and really listen to you. So choose who you're going to share what you are going through with, because that is very important to the healing process, that you have somebody who's going to be supportive and be able to really listen to you. And finally, you need to do something good for yourself. And you need to find the good in this situation. Maybe it's as small as, hey, I handled this shit and I'm okay. That is good. And sometimes that's all we got. So do remember to uh, pat yourself on the back. That will be extremely helpful. And we're now going to go into the meditation portion uh, as we think about these intentions on how to communicate to ourselves. But keep in mind that meditation is vital for this kind of communication, for conscious communication. And the reason it's vital is that, that meditation itself encourages us to be able to observe ourselves from a position in which we are not enmeshed in the emotions that are taking over our body. So the practice of meditation itself allows us to live a life in better alignment. Yeah, it gives you a time for quiet. It calms you down. It's a few minutes for yourself just to get your crap together and to have a better way of living. But it also gives us this really vital tool of learning how to observe ourselves without getting enmeshed in the emotions of self. So today we have, of course, Kevin McLeod, uh, we have the elf meditation. Uh, yesterday I gave a yoga flow and it went on uh, Facebook and uh, there's some music with copyright and I got in trouble. So I'm going to stick with Kevin. Kevin is awesome. Kevin, if you are listening, if you're ever out there, oh, mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. All right, here we go. I want you all to get very comfortable right now. Just Wherever you are, unless you're in your car again, just sit in a comfortable place. It can be on the chair. It can be on the floor. 
Maybe you're going to be on a couch or a bed. Just find a really comfortable place that you can center in and ground yourself without falling asleep. We're looking for a space of balance and alert restness. Now please close your eyes. Take a deep breath in and allow that breath to go all the way down to your diaphragm and then out again. Take a few minutes to find any kinks in your body. Maybe you're not quite comfortable in your position. Just wiggle it out just a little bit. Observe those places that are tight so you can be mindful about those places as you move through your day. And when you're ready, we're gonna start with a little bit of coherent breathing. We're gonna breathe in for a count of five, hold for a count of one, and then exhale for a count of five. As you inhale, imagine healing light coming from the top of your head, the very crown, going through your entire body, down to the place of rootedness. And when you exhale, imagine you're releasing all those things physical, psychological, emotional, judgments, anger, shame. Imagine all of those things exhaling out of your body as you release your air. The simple act of visualizing any negative feedback leaving your body allows for more room for positive emotions, positive choices to be brought into your body and your life. Keep this coherent breathing for three more breaths. Breathe in for five. Breathe out for five. With each breath, I want you to imagine your muscles melting into wherever you are sitting at this moment. The chair, your bed, the floor. And now, Bring your breath to your heart center. Feel your heart expanding. With every breath, 
your heart expands more. A sense of joy, contentment, relaxation starts to invade every part of your body. You might want to color the breath, the energy coming into your body, a light purple or white and feel that energy going right to the heart center as you open yourself up to opportunity, possibility, health, and even vulnerability. Vulnerability gives us the chance, the opportunity to grow and to fail but we learn from those failures. We grow from those failures. And they're part of the human condition. So when we open ourselves up to that potential, we also open ourselves up to great success and joy. Now, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself a few questions. This is part of the information I have learned from the Chopra Center. And they're wonderful clarifying questions when we communicate to ourselves. Simply ask the questions to yourself silently. Don't force any answers, any feelings you get, any sensations, sounds or images are all valid. And simply let them come to you. Who am I? Who am I? Allow any sensations to come to you and simply acknowledge when it answers you receive and then let them go. Who am I? What do I want? What are my deepest desires? What do I want? Allow any sensations to come, images, sounds, Observe these images and sounds or sensations 
and then just simply let them go. What do I want? What is my purpose? How can I serve myself and others? Allowing any sensations, thoughts, feelings come to you as answers and then simply let them go. What do I want? What am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? Again, allow any images, thoughts, sensations to come to you. Don't force it. And when you're ready, simply let that go. All the answers and all the questions. Just release them. Now, I want you to observe your breath without controlling it. Observe how your breath, the energy of life, that which sustains us, enters your body and then leaves it. Gently open your eyes while staying in this calmed space. Look around you and detect whether or not you can use your sense of sight while still staying in a calm and meditative space. When you are ready, gently wiggle your fingers and your toes. You might want to do a big stretch. <clears throat> Please be gentle with yourself today in a time when there is so much unrest, 
it is vital to our immune systems, to our mental health, our emotional health, and all of the relations we have in this world with others. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. I will be back next Monday. And until then, mahalo and namaste.